Welcome to Smiling Homeschooler Podcast. My name is Ben Wilson, and today we are joined by my sister, Catherine Petchen, to give us some of our favorite book recommendations, and we talk about how to fight the feeling of failure. Before we start, we just want to say thank you to Teaching Textbooks for all their support of the Smiling Homeschooler. They're one of the best math curriculums, and they help homeschoolers smile, so go check out a free trial over at their website, teachingtextbooks.com, and plan on using them for next year. Also, we're excited to tell you more about our latest supporter, Homeschooling Today magazine, later in the show. So let's get going. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson. Well, hi, everybody. Uh, now, uh, in the show notes, it says Catherine Pedgen, but just so everybody knows, that's my daughter, Catherine Wilson, who became a Pedgen because she was stolen away from me by a Pedgen. Um, if you've seen Father of the Bride, the first one, you'll understand completely what I'm talking about. Um, but, uh, we're glad to have her with us. And I thought maybe I, I told her, maybe we could just chit chat a little bit. We're going to try to keep this show under 30 minutes, just so I know Catherine can hit the hay where she has a new little one, uh, and a, uh, old little one, uh, who is uh, her husband who goes to bed super early because he has to get up super early. Um, even though I think I probably have to get up before him, I'm getting, I have to leave the house at I think three or three 30 tomorrow to, to board a plane to go to uh, LAX, Los Angeles, as we get ready for the Chia convention. Super excited to be a part of that. So if you're at uh, the Chia uh, homeschool convention, they haven't had one in like two years. Uh, this is a big anniversary and it's gonna be a fun time. I hope you're good. You'll come up to me and tell me you're a smiling homeschooler. So, uh, but I, Kat, uh, I was thinking, uh, as I kind of mentioned to you, uh, we put a post on Facebook today I mean, it's kind of like one of those things I just kind of threw together, um, but it kind of gained some traction. And basically it said, uh, best homeschool mom lines, you know, and then dot, dot, dot. And here's what a homeschool mom would say. Yes, we're doing school today. Okay, you can go to the bathroom, but you better be back in three minutes. What do you mean you can't find your math book? How long has your math book been, math book been lost? So you haven't done any math in the last two months? Do you want to do... Do, do you want to be doing school all summer? Do you know what time you'd have to get up if you went to real school? Do you want to be the only one in the world who doesn't know where Barillum is on the periodic table? However you say that. Um, uh, of course, <laughs> you're, you'll never use it, but you still have to learn it. Do I need to call your dad? Get off your phone. You better not be watching a YouTube video or playing a game on that computer. I love you so much, but mommy needs a little break right from uh, needs a little break from you now, right now little break well, anyway that's what I said. <laughs> that's not what i was going to talk about what i was going to talk about was i guess um i was surprised by the the comments um not surprised but uh you know everybody was in agreement said oh that's what happens at our house you know i lose our why is it always math that kind of thing um because there are, i think there are about 150 comments um but the ones that kind of shocked me or not shocked me that's not a good word um I, when I read them, I feel just a tinge of sadness. And I thought, since you are a woman, um, uh, you maybe could shed light on this. It says, uh, Bridget says, I so appreciate this post. This year has been weird for us, but your posts plus these comments, that's everybody making these comments, make me feel a little less, that's weird, repeated on me. <laughs> that was um, weird. Yeah. <sighs> um, and there was another one just, uh, right below that somewhere uh, that said the same thing. Oh, I'm so glad to know I'm not the only one. And I guess the surprising thing to me is that how many moms out there feel like they're the only ones? 
um, mm-hmm. not just in homeschooling, but they think they're the only ones. And I'm trying to put this in context for you. There's the only ones whose babies are hard or I, you know, you had a premature baby and I was shocked by how once you tell people you're having a premature baby, everybody has had a premature mm-hmm. baby. You know, or you think you're the only one whose husband doesn't understand, or you think you're the only one whose marriage is hard, or you think you're the only one whose kids are hard. And uh, and I guess, uh, again, it just surprises me how many moms still feel that way. And I think, how could you ever, ever think that way? Um, but maybe, uh, and Ben can answer too, but why do you think that is a, among maybe moms especially, and maybe even more so as homeschooling moms? Um, well, I think a lot of it has to do with social media, um, at least for today's day and age. I know my mom dealt with the same thing when when they didn't have social media, but today um, especially, you just see so much content that looks picture perfect. And, you know, most of it's filtered. It might have, you know, a song playing in the background or um, even if it is like, quote unquote, real, it's still real with a filter. And it's kind of the the snapshot of their reel that they want to share. So maybe it's, oh, we've had a crazy day, you know, and they they're kind of telling you about this crazy day, but it still isn't it still doesn't sound crazy to you or they they're mm-hmm. crazy is nothing compared to your crazy. And so even though people try to be real, you're still kind of comparing your real to their fake real. Um, so I feel like that's a huge chunk of it. I think too, I've noticed at least for myself, um, like just depending on like our area and our circle of friends, everyone kind of does things similarly um i don't know if it's a midwest thing or a small town thing but so if you feel like you're the odd one out i think you can feel a lot of comparison so maybe for you know a homeschool mom who's listening maybe she's part of a group that um you know all their kids are super scholarly you know they're all really smart maybe they're doing um you know they're reading in grade levels that are way beyond their ages and you have a kid who's struggling and so you feel like the odd one out and even though you know like mentally that's not real when you look at everyone around you you just feel like the odd one out and so I feel like it's one of those things like you can know it in your head but feeling it in your heart doesn't usually follow suit and I wonder why moms have even more trouble with that because I mean I feel like I can feel that way like if I see a guy you know in this nice shiny car I can say you know probably has a terrible marriage or, you know, yeah, you know how much you had to work with that. Like, who cares? I don't care. Rusty is good, you know? Uh, and I can kind of maybe separate that. Um, but I think there are a lot of moms who really have trouble separating that. I think that's just women in general. <laughs> I think it's also think personality can... a little bit. Uh, depends yeah, on the personality. probably true. Cause like, I think that more, I mean, I would be, I, I think that's something that's easy to do every, I feel like everyone, thinks similar things or at least at least to some extent has some of the same doubts or same struggles not everyone but a lot of people do and anyone who doesn't you know is probably is lying to themselves or yeah <laughs> but you know but everyone else often gives 
put is harder on themselves and thinks no one else thinks that even though when they're open and real often they find out oh wow this person you know thinks the same things I do or at least struggles with the same doubts that Mm -hmm. I do but for some reason we do all think everyone else is better off you know so and and from guys I think it's it can be oh man that guy's so confident about every decision he makes you know or uh you know whatever it may be but then when you find out like you know what I bet even Donald Trump uh, probably has some of the self-doubt and struggles internally, even though he gives off mm-hmm. this, I don't care at all, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just you you find out that either that or there's psychological, pathological, crazy people sometimes, which, you know, could be true too. But um, <laughs> but I just mean, I, I don't know. I just think it's always I, uh, a bummer that, that we all are so much harder on ourselves than everyone else in terms of uh, uh, what, what we think and feel, if that makes sense. Yeah. What were we gonna say? I heard on another podcast actually here recently, um, they were talking about how in the olden days, uh, people were usually a lot like their relationships with each other were a lot more in depth because that's really all they had. Um, maybe it was a neighbor and that maybe that was the only person they really got to, you know, be really invested in throughout the week. But now we have so many people that we could potentially be kind of involved somewhat into their lives, but it's so much shallower. So it used to be, you know, maybe someone had a really smart kid, but as you spent time with them, you realize their marriage was a wreck or whatever. But now, since you're really just, again, just seeing those small glimpses into so many more people's lives, you're not really, in some instances, you don't really know them well enough to see that other more full picture of their lives. I wonder too, if back then, like, um, you know, because of small town and those communicate or connections and everything was deeper, maybe it was people had to be more real in some ways because everyone just kind of knew what was going on a little bit more. But now it is a lot easier <laughs> to give a, a front. And that's not, you know, probably 100% true, but um, it, it is just, it it's just, it's unfortunate, you know, that y- there's so many people to compare to and you do see such a, whatever they want you to see for the most part. And it's not even malicious. I don't think most mm-hmm. of the time, I think it's just people want yeah. to share the good. You know, most people are not programmed or thinking when it's a bad moment. Oh, I'm going to share this. They think, Oh, I feel so filled. I feel mm-hmm. so happy. I feel so, you know, um, blessed. Now I'm going to share that, which is, can be good, but often, mm-hmm. you know, you, you kind of forget that and it can feel discouraging. Well, I think because sometimes it feels it's only one-sided. Right. I mean, we only show every, every post we make is a happy post. So we begin mm-hmm. to think that all the posts are happy, even though it may be, I only post three times a year, uh, you know, and I just think sometimes we need to be a little more intentional uh, in saying, you know, if you make a lot of happy posts, you should make some real posts along with that. Mm-hmm. Not that those aren't real, but they're not the whole picture. Um, Cause you can right. be happy and that's great, you know, but unfortunately don't just only keep it to yourself. Show that. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> but maybe share it with, you know, closer people and then make sure you share the bad too. Um, and and I, not, and don't, and oh, go ahead, Ben, go ahead. I'm just shocked. Even like my marriage group. I mean, I, you know, we, we are around each other all the time. You know, I feel like they know me really well. 
But even amongst them, you know, I'll sometimes be like, oh, we're the only ones struggling with this doubt with our kids and parenting. And then they'll, we'll have a night where something, someone brings something up and like, everyone's like, oh, it's just so hard. We all just feel like we're failing. And you're like, wow, I thought those parents felt like they had it together, you know? And it's just, it's so refreshing <laughs> to hear other people that are struggling. I, I feel things. mom and I were just having this conversation just a few minutes ago and we were just talking about marriage and, you know, I just get tired of people saying, categorizing things. So we categorize marriage as either good or bad. And I just don't think it should be categorized or parenting as good and bad or homeschooling mm -hmm. as good or bad. I would say homeschooling is its own category. Marriage is its own category. Parenting is its own category. And so we stop saying, oh, I have a good marriage or they have a bad marriage or we have a bad marriage, they have a good marriage. And I would just say, we have a marriage, you know, because that's what it is. And I just don't know how you can say, you know, and maybe you could say healthy, non-healthy, I don't know. But, you know, I think mm. there are just so many people who are like, there's something wrong with our family. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with your family. You're just the family God made you to be, and you got to deal with it and quit comparing and suck it up, you know? So I don't know, that sounds a little harsh. I feel a little harsh What right does Uncle now. Kent always say? Uh, we put the fun and dysfunctional. Yeah, <laughs> right. But that's everybody everybody is dysfunctional at times and really i i think when we acknowledge that then we can be okay you know we can be okay we don't have to be striving to get it always get it better because we just can't always get it better you know sometimes mm -hmm. uh you know like i remember a guy who said what do i do about all the chaos and the bickering in our house i don't know how to and i'm like you enjoy it you know because Otherwise, it's going to go, you're going to spend all your time yelling at them and you're going to miss it. They're not going to change and we will have missed something really, really good. So, yeah. um, well, we're going to make a transition. I know we could talk about this. Maybe we'll talk about it even as we talk about books. But here's another opportunity where for you to feel like a loser um, because, you know, Catherine's going to share these books and Ben's going to have a bunch of books. I don't have any books because I only did television growing up. So, uh, don't tell them I wrote some books, but I've never actually read any. Um, so, um, but you're going to think, well, my kid can't even read a chapter book or my kid hates to read or my kid can't read or they're terrible readers. You're talking the two people on, I don't know where I am on the screen, but in my screen, I've got my son on one side and Catherine on the other. The two people on my screen are, are both readers. You know, they just, they have brothers and sisters who probably would not want to enter into this conversation because they're not readers um, like their dad. Um, so uh, maybe at this time too, we should take a commercial break too real quick. Ben. Yeah, yeah, real quick. Let's just say thank you again, Teaching Textbooks for making The Smiling Homeschooler possible. Um, we've told you about them many, many times. They're super fun, super interactive. They help you or help your kids learn better, we believe. Uh, it's super engaging. So they're, they really have to interact through the whole process, the whole lesson, so they're not just watching something or reading something and then just have to figure it out or remember it all. Um, they have a free trial over on their website, teachingtextbooks.com. They have family plans that you can pay for monthly and you can do it on basically any device that has an internet browser. So it's really portable, easy to use, and uh, you know doesn't have much of in terms of requirements. So they're an amazing company and you should definitely check them out for next year if you haven't already. And then dad, you wanna tell us about our uh, other supporter? <coughs> Right, our other supporter is the Homeschooling Today magazine. And although I don't read, I do write the family man column for the Homeschooling Today magazine because we share the same mission. 
we want parents to understand that homeschooling isn't a formula, it's a relationship. Every relationship is different. Every child is different. Every family is different. Why in the world would we think a one size fits all education is a good idea? Let's be parents to think outside the box. Parents who aren't afraid to choose what our kids need to learn and when they need to learn it. Let's be bold as we talked last week, I think. Uh, that's the theme as we talked to Kay Chance in their magazine. If you want to homeschool boldly, subscribe to Homeschooling Today magazine. They fill each edition with both encouragement and practical help from an entire team of experienced homeschooling moms and dads, including me. Uh, really, it, it will make you smile. So if you need that encouragement, check out Homeschooling Today magazine and sign up right away. And like I said last week, you can read uh, the spring edition digitally online for free. Yep. Awesome. We appreciate both companies' support and they're, they're amazing people. So go check them out. All right. So um, again. Okay, Ben, we have 10 minutes because yep. I told yeah, I told Catherine we would stop at 9:30, so let's do it. All right. So the purpose of this is not that your kids or you need to read all of these. I am not a firm believer in every person must read uh, the Mockingbird or whatever it is, you know, or whatever you know book you want to fill in the blank. Um, there's tons of gaps that I have. Yeah, to kill a mockingbird. Uh, there's tons of gaps <laughs> I have. These are just some of the recommendations we have from our childhood. You know, there some of them are old, but the cool thing about books is they. I don't think personally they age poorly. So, um, at least for the most part. So, uh, some of these are good read-alouds. We may try to go like you know try to maybe assign an age range when we talk about it. Um, but I know some moms like just having some good recommendations. Some of these are well known. Some of them may not be as much. But Kat, do you have uh, you want to go first? Maybe we can kind of go back and forth a little bit on just some some recommendations. So go for yeah. It. <laughs> um, before I actually give you a book title, I was going to say we used um, a curriculum called Sunlight growing up. Um, if you're looking for just like lists of good books for your kids to read, um, I know Sunlight has those lists. And I know some of the books that I'm going to mention came um, from those curriculums. Um, they have each year you might have like a different focus and then just really good books for that. Um, I know some other curriculums use it too, but or do that same um, technique but we use sunlight um so one series i wanted to mention uh was my one of my favorites um it's called we were there i might have stolen it from ben but um each of the books is like we were there at the battle of the alamo or we were there at pearl harbor um you usually follow a couple kids um as they kind of uh live that moment in history um through those you know through their perspective so as a kid you get to witness another kid going through that um they're super super good they're old so i don't even know where yeah, you're gonna they find them still be in print but check your library do, do check amazon yeah, i think they're available eBay, through kindle they're, they're awesome um, and they're all clean um safe for your kids to read yeah and but i would I say a lot yeah <laughs> totally i think that's a great way to learn some history i've mentioned them a couple times before i would say age range yeah anywhere from like eight up probably 10 up something like that mm -hmm. um I, some of the ones that i specifically wrote down were we were there at the battle of gettysburg we were there at pearl harbor we were there with the nautilus i think it's called or something like that um we were there at the oregon trail we were there at the manhattan project mm -hmm. and we were there with washington at yorktown i think is one of them i thought those were kind of some of the ones that i really liked and kind of covered a broad era you know of time so uh i have mm -hmm. them all right over here in my bookcase so i was looking at him to see if there's any other ones specifically but um yeah those are really really good 
Um, let's see here. Someone said, and maybe we can answer this question in a second, but Kat may be thinking about it. She said, when you have a middle schooler who reads at a college level and a mom who doesn't enjoy reading and can't find time, how do you find age-appropriate books that challenge their level but are also age-appropriate? So maybe be thinking about that one. Um, okay. I'm going to throw a couple out here. I've, I think, again, some of these I've mentioned before and some of these are classics, but Sign of the Beaver, uh, I loved that one growing up. Mm. Uh, it's just a kid who has to basically survive out on his own with some Native Americans and uh, help him out. And uh, he's, you know, like 14 or something, has to live all by himself for like six months or something. And it's pretty, it's in a cabin mm. while his dad goes, gets his rest of the family really good. Um, one of my favorites is by the Great Horn. Um, Elizabeth George. Hold, yeah. Can I interrupt? Yeah. Elizabeth George Spear, who wrote Sign of the Beaver, she also wrote two others that I had on my list: um, yeah. Calico Captive and The Witch of Blackbird Pond. Um, the Witch of Blackbird Pond, I've probably read like four times. It's wow. kind it's of set during witches. like this. Yeah. It's set during the Salem witch trials, um, but is so good and i i, I loved it that might be more of like a, a girl might enjoy those two um but those are both excellent nice yeah and then i have uh this one is called by the great horn spoon is about the california gold rush i've mentioned it before uh but it's been a long time i think uh there's also a book or a disney movie that's really funny based off of that um just really good characters uh there's a kid and his butler and uh they kind of make it during the gold rush um also one called the great wheel uh, about the st louis world's fair i think it is or maybe chicago world's fair i think it was st louis um, where they made the largest Ferris wheel in the world at the time. Uh, just I, I actually really like all the the building and kind of just the scale of some of the projects they used to do. So things like that really appeal to me. Um, and that one, again, younger, I would say like 12, you know, that age range. Um, great read alouds, that one, and By the Great Horn Spoon and Sign of the Beaver, I think were all ones that mom read aloud to us, possibly, or I then read later. Yeah. Um, but go ahead. Um, yeah, those are, those are good. Um, another one I loved, uh, was Moccasin Trail. Um, that was set back when they would like stake a claim. Um, but they're like older brother, you know, he lived with, um, uh, like a trapper, I think for a while and Indians, and he has to help his siblings stake this claim. So that one's really good. Um, and then I was also gonna kind of throw it back to some of the classics, but, um, if your kids haven't read them, the Little House on the Prairie series is excellent. It never, never gets old. I still enjoy them. Um, they're, you know, great for really all ages. And there's a lot of material there. So if you have a kid who's a voracious reader, that should keep them busy for a little while. Yeah. Um, I put, this is a lot older and the content is... Um, I would say it would be more of teen or older, but if you want something history, that's like a biography unbroken, I think is one of the best ones I've read in a long time. Um, it's, uh, Louis, uh, Zamborini, I think his name is, um, but just incredible, unbelievable story. I think biographies can be a really good way, uh, to find some, get your kids interested in history and kind of on that note for younger kids, I would say like younger teen, middle school, stuff like that is the, um, uh, let's see here. Where'd they go? Shoot. Uh, oh, childhood, of, childhood of famous Americans. I would say like 10 to 
13 or something like that. Again, not super in-depth. Maybe or even short, younger. Yeah, probably younger. Probably like 8 to 12 or 11 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they're good introductions, biographies. There's a ton of them. There were, again, older books, but, I mean, the famous people – nothing's changed about them in the last 200 years. So, uh, they're still really hold up, I think really well. Um, but I also had little house on the prairie. I think those were really good. Um, but obviously those are super Um, famous. Yeah. Another good one, kind of more of a classic, um, carry on Mr. Bowditch. Um, that that one's really excellent. Um, it is a bit of a bigger book. So if you have a kid who's maybe not a great reader, um, I think is it Jim Hodges? I believe Ben that um, has the audio book version. They both do. Yes. Sorry, what did you say, Dad? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jim yeah. Hodges. So Jim Hodges, um, he has an audio book version of Carry On, Mr. Bowditch. It's really, really good, um, and it's a it's a great story if if your kid's a reader as well. Yeah, I love that one. And I mean, to kind of answer answer April's question here about the middle schooler who reads at the higher level. I mean, I just take that. I never really worried about level. My mom never, you know tested our reading comprehension it was just kind of what we you know could read um i do think that just means basically you know you can comprehend whatever uh so i would say biographies like the ywam series uh, there's a ton of those that are i think pretty much any age range enjoys those i mean my grandma mm-hmm. was reading them a while back you know and really, really a them. lot of the books you've mentioned yeah would be that would those, say those are you fun. know the oh, great wheel and all those yeah. sign of the beaver mm-hmm. I mean, and I think, I think that might be where you might benefit from one of those curriculum type things where they have lists of those good books. Cause if you're not a reader and you're not wanting to, um, you know, go and read and pre-approve all of those, um, if you can trust, you know, these creators of these lists, um, that might save you a bit of a headache. Um, cause they're, they would have the ages on there that they're, that they're geared towards. I think yeah. there's a, there's an old book by Jan Bloom uh, called mm-hmm. Who Shall We Then Read? Uh, I think that's the title of it. Uh, it's probably mimeographed, uh, but I but I think it's a this lady knows books and mm-hmm. she knows what books are good books. Uh, again, Jan Bloom, I think it's called Who Shall Shall We Then Read? Mm-hmm. I think you're right, Dad. I was going to mention that. I had uh, one that I don't. I actually have not read. Did you read Wing and Feather Saga? Uh, yeah, I was gonna mention them. Yeah, that that one's something. Uh, there's a TV show actually being worked on that's uh, coming up that I think would be really, uh, really good. But um, I haven't read them. They're on my to read list. I'm gonna actually read them, even though it's I'm above the age range, but still fun. <laughs> um, yeah, those those are fun. They're kind of like um, they're a newer series, and they are fantasy. Um, but they're they're written by Andrew Peterson. Um, if you're familiar with the song "Is He Worthy," um, he wrote that song as well as the series. So, um, you know, Christian author, um, really really cool series. Hmm. But well, you- hey Ben, I'm gonna <laughs> uh, I'm gonna bring you to it. We could I think we need to do this take because you both have a big list left to go. Um, how about we uh, break this and we'll do it again maybe in the next several weeks, uh, not next week, maybe. Um, but how about you each give one and, uh, and then of course I'll give mine as mine as well. Okay. Uh, my last one then is the mystery of the Roman ransom. There's two of them. Uh, the tech, the other one's called, I think detectives and toga. 
togas. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned before, but they're basically comedy, uh, modern day kids almost, it feels like. I mean, they're not. They are set in that period, the Roman period, but they they talk kind of like modern kids. So they're just, it's really funny. They're figuring out a couple mysteries. Uh, but again, it gives you taste for the history. Uh, I, I would say that's a good, you know, mid middle-aged kid uh, who can read well, and it, it is fun. Um, or great read-alouds as well. So, um, so definitely that was my last one. How are you for now? Well, (laughs) I, I might actually give myself a plug here. Um, if you have, uh, young teens or teenagers who are interested in, um, medieval fiction, um, I've actually written a series called the maidens of Maladone. Um, and it's, you know, meant to be all the things we've talked about, you know, it's supposed to be wholesome. Um, so you don't have to worry about it, but just good content. Um, it's fiction. It's not historically accurate, um, but just knights and castles and sword fights. And, um, it's a lot of fun if, if your kids are into that, uh, genre. And you can get it on our website at the smiling My only recommendation of course would be Phineas and Ferb. Uh, <laughs> I would definitely say that would be a great thing for all ages. Um, whether they're young or whether they're old, uh, you can't go wrong with Phineas and Ferb. So um, I'm going to close it at that. Uh, again, it makes a dad's heart real proud when both of his kids uh, can read. Uh, <laughs> and then they can talk about those books. Um, so thanks for listening, Mom. Again, uh, I hope this was an encouragement to you. I want you to, to, to encourage you to be real, to, to know that those things that you see on Facebook that look so good, they're real people showing little snapshots of something that real that is real, but they're just like you. Um, have a great weekend. Again, if you're in California, come and see me at uh, in Anaheim at the Chia Convention. Week after that, we'll be at FPEA down in Orlando. It's always a lot of fun. Um, and uh, above all, whether you go or not, don't forget to smile. Thanks for listening this week. We appreciate each and every one of you, and we hope you share our show with another homeschooling mom. Also, thank you to Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring The Smiling Homeschooler. Please go check out a free trial of their amazing math curriculum over on their website, teachingtextbooks.com. Have a great week, and as always, keep smiling.